This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. We're continuing our study through the book of Genesis, and today we're in Genesis chapter number 8, and this is part of the one-story reading plan that we've devised to help us see the Bible as one complete story. Many times we look at the Bible and we see disjointed individual stories, and those are great, but the Bible really begins to take shape when we see how each of these stories are linked together to point us to one big narrative that God is writing in the world today. That story is the story of a perfect God who created a perfect world, but because of man's sinful choices and the consequences of that sin, plunged all of humanity into judgment. And we will see as we study the word more and more that the Bible is the story of God intervening in the storyline to help redeem humanity from its brokenness and to save them from the consequences of the sinful choices that they have made and to restore them back to the image of God that was created in them all the way back into the garden. Now we've seen this in a microcosm in the story of Noah that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. How that God showed grace to Noah and Noah responded to that grace in faith by obeying what God had asked him to do and consequently that righteousness was seen in him and God saved Noah. He preserved him from the judgment that was to come upon the whole earth through the form of a worldwide flood because of sin, man's sinful uh, choices and the judgment of a holy God upon those choices. We've seen that over the last few weeks, and in a real way, Noah is a microcosm of the entire storyline of the Bible. We read in chapter 8, as Noah and his family emerges from the ark, what happens in verses 20 and 21. The Bible says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and he took some of every kind of clean animal and every kind of clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. When the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, even though the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth onward. And I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. And every time we see a rainbow, it's a reminder of that promise that God made to Noah. Genesis chapter 8 tells us the story of Noah and his family's safe return to dry land. And we're told in the narrative that the water receded for 150 days. That was because of a great wind that came up and blew the waters away and the waters began to recede. That happens as a result of God remembering Noah. That's how the chapter begins. God remembered Noah and as a result of that, the waters fled away. Now the waters uh, that Noah was in the ark for seven days prior to the flood, he was 
there for the 40 days and 40 nights that it rained. He was there for 150 days after that, and then 90 days or three months, and then 40 more days, and then 14 days. So that's seven days, 40 days, 150 days, 90 days, 40 days, and 14 days. Folks, that's almost a year in that ark that Noah and his family survived in that floating zoo. Now, what would, what would you do if you were trapped in an ark like that for a year? Kent Hughes writes, think of it. This was a five-month lock-in with, Noah, with Mrs. Noah. It was actually a year. His three sons and their three wives, and a complete menagerie of the world's animals, birds, and crawlers. Months of stable muck and bilge water daughters-in-law and mothers-in-law and seasickness. (laughs) There must have been times when Noah wished that he would have hit an iceberg. I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure that your faith would have been tested in a moment like that. But what's so astonishing to me is that all of the embedded miracles that are in this story, think of it, the waters 20 feet above the tallest mountain, the The fountains of the deep are opening up, the boat surviving such swells, the animals coming into the ark two by two, the animals surviving, the food that they ate. How did they deal with all the waste? I mean, there are so many things that happened in this story. And the text tells us that the Lord remembered Noah on the boat and the waters stopped and the waters receded. Now, every time the phrase the Lord remembers someone is mentioned. It's important. The Bible says that the Lord remembered Noah, and it's the link between God's judgment and God's recreation of the earth. When the Bible says that God remembered Israel in their travail in Egypt, God sent Moses as a deliverer to bring them out of Egypt. The Bible says that God remembered Rachel. Over and over, the Bible says that God remembered, and when that happens, it always involves God moving toward someone and acting. And that's what happened here. God remembered Noah and he acted by bringing this wind that would cause the waters to cease. And then the long wait for those waters to recede. Can you imagine that long of a wait? The, the point is here that their faith is tested. And all the while, miracles are happening around them moment by moment. When the calamity was over, it's essential to notice the first thing that Noah did. Now, what would you do? What's the first thing you would do if you were coming out of the ark after having been in it a year? Would you have uh, kissed the ground if it wasn't too muddy? Would you have built a shelter uh, to live in? What would you have done? Well, upon leaving the boat, the Bible tells us that Noah makes a burnt offering of the clean animals on the ark. Now, if you'll remember, the animals that came on the ark at the beginning of this whole chaotic scene was there were two animals from every kind, and then there were seven clean animals, seven of each of the clean animals on board. And so what happens is God provided a way for Noah to worship even in the act of calamity. God brought those animals on that boat knowing that Noah would sacrifice them to God after it's over. See, God had given them the provision that they needed to worship him in the midst of their situation. 
Now the Bible says, when Noah did this, the Lord responds with a promise to never again curse the ground because of man's sin. And presumably it was this act that caused it to happen. That's what the text says. It says, when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma from the sacrifice, he said to them, I'll never again curse the ground. So as long as the earth endures, this covenant will stand. That's what he said in verse 22. Now the application here for us is pretty straightforward. If we're honest, it can be agonizing to wait for God in the middle of difficulty. It can feel so prolonged. 40 days, 150 days, 90 days, 40 days, 14 days. No matter how long it's been for you, if you're waiting for God to do something in your life, that waiting can sure test your faith, can it? But like Noah, we've got to open our eyes and remember that just because God is not answering this prayer in the way that we want at this very moment, he is still providing for us and still providing miracle after miracle and unspoken miracles are happening around us, even when we miss it. Think back to what we learned about God in the first week of our reading. That God is stronger and wiser and he's the creator of all things. He's the one that gives us breath and he is the one whose plans and timing are both perfect. We learned that in the very first week of our study together. And God gives them provision for one more day while they wait for the breakthrough. The grace that met them in that hour was that God gave them what they needed in that moment to worship him, even while they waited on him. The shelter from the pouring rain that is around us, the grace that we need in the midst of our greatest hour, the things these things are figuratively many miracles as we wait for the resolution of our conflict and our struggle. I wonder what small things God is doing around us while we're waiting for him to do something much bigger and all the while we're entirely oblivious to God doing it. Instead of ignoring these things, maybe it should cause us to worship as Noah did. God had made every provision for Noah to worship him during the storm. And we would do well, as Noah did, to worship the Lord in the midst of our storm as well. For he is worthy of our worship. He is a covenant-keeping God who makes and keeps his promises. The rainbow is the latest reminder of that. He promised to bring judgment. He promised to make a way of safety. He promised to never again destroy the earth with water. And he has kept all of these promises in the life of Noah. And every promise that he has ever made, he has and he will keep. We can trust him in the darkness of our storm while we're tossed about on the waves. And we can worship him in the process. One final thing to think about with this. The Bible says that it was the act of Noah's sacrifice that in that moment appeased the wrath of God upon all sinful humanity. Remember, he said, even though the evil of the earth is, is uh, from, from man's heart, from youth, he's that evil. I will never again punish the earth in this way because of this sacrifice. Now, you need to see that for what it is. That's a gospel picture. How the sacrifice of one individual 
will appease or put off the wrath of God against all humanity. This happened in the sacrificial system, but more more clearly, this is another picture of Jesus. How his one act of sacrifice of himself on the cross appeased or satisfied the wrath of a holy God against the sinful consequences, uh, the, the consequences of our sin. This is a picture of the gospel once again. So let's thank our Lord for giving us the provision of himself in keeping us from judgment. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you are the one who became the sacrifice for us to appease the rightful wrath of God upon our sinful choices. Help us, Lord, to worship you in the midst of the storm. For you are a covenant-keeping God that will save those who believe and trust in him. And help us to hold on to that trust and hold on to our covenant-keeping God as we wait for you to do incredible things in our lives. We ask this in your name. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.